Blog Talk Radio. Minions, welcome, welcome, welcome. Here it is Saturday morning. We do this thing called the Balance Live every Saturday morning, and we're pushing toward uh, two hours again. We're not quite uh, there here high atop the Balance Studios in the West Suburbs of Indianapolis. It's college football is back, and uh, we're going to get into week zero and we're going to get into our college football uh, season. Uh, joining us here in just a few moments is our college football cohort, co-anchor, and all-around uh, Ohio State football fan, Adam Jividen. And uh, he's going to be bringing, the, be bringing the energy for us, which is what we, uh, which is what we need. And then uh, uh, Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest, is probably not going to be able to make it today to talk some uh, <clears throat> NASCAR with us. Excuse me, I got a frog in my throat, as I do uh, oftentimes. Uh, but we're still going to be talking some NASCAR and IndyCar with uh, Tony Donahue uh, of the Tony D Podcast and BurnoutSports.com. So I'm going to tell you what. It is college football. It is week zero. You say, what do you mean by week zero? Well, you're about to find out right here on the Balance Radio Network. We'll be right back. Component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. 
morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, that went in my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Piquet, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they... Investor philanthropists, do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Time to kick things off. Uh, joining us now is Mr. Adam Jividen, Super Browns fan in our college football cohort, co-host, uh, partner in crime, uh, what have you. Adam, happy Saturday to you. How are you? I'm doing good, Tom. I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready for football. We've been ready for football well, for months. <laughs> so we are. I'm doing good. I, 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 tell you, I tell you what, if you don't have your Black Rifle coffee, Make sure you get you some Black Rifle Coffee, blackriflecoffee.com. You buy a bag, you give a bag. You know, I've got a friend who's in the Navy, and that's all they serve on the on the destroyer is every type of uh, Black Rifle Coffee that you can think of. So if you're a coffee snob or if you just like it strong and black like your women, uh, blackriflecoffee.com. Did you get that reference there, uh, Adam? Strong I, and I black do. like your... I don't your... Know say that anymore, Tom. Jeez. You know, <laughs> you know. This this show's always been on the edge of political correctness, so yeah, I may not be allowed to say that. Uh, probably won't even probably can't even say the word coffee anymore. <laughs> Give me the black water. I like my water strong and black. <laughs> so hey, you know it is college football. It's time to start talking college football. So this week marks week zero, and you know a lot of people still say. How can you have a week zero? Then that means that college football hasn't really started. It's kind of a weird tradition, I know. It, it, it signifies the the first game of the of the year, which I believe happened yesterday, or does it happen today? I gotta I gotta pull up my notes here. But uh, Adam, week zero, what are your thoughts? 
I mean, week zero is always exciting. And, and for those of you that don't know yet, week zero is essentially it's week one before the rest of the slate kicks off. So, for example, the biggest week zero game for many people will be played today at 1230 in Dublin, Ireland, between Nebraska and Northwestern. And that is both of those teams' respective week one games. So they won't have a game next Saturday. They kind of get like a, a week off um, before the rest of college football kind of comes back and is back in earnest uh, next week. So, yeah, so, I mean, I'm excited for week zero. Um, I'm going to be watching Northwestern Nebraska. Um, not because I care about either of those teams or I feel like either of those teams – We'll get we'll play Ohio State in a tough game, but I will watch it because it's not foot or it's football that is not really bad NFL preseason football. <laughs> hey, you know what? Uh, you got to give preseason football uh, a, a, a some credit. They they've they've come a long way to make it at least fun and entertaining. Uh, we were actually going to go to the Colts game tomorrow, and we just had uh, a lot of stuff come up. But Tom Brady's going to be there tomorrow. And, you know, I'm not a Tom Brady fan at all by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but, you know, it, this could very well be his last season for real this time. And so it would be kind of cool to, to see him play. And I don't know if he's actually going to play tomorrow against the Colts. But I think they've done a lot of things that makes it a little bit more uh, entertaining and not as long, you know, with the preseason games used to be uh, – as long or longer than the regular season of the game. And so they certainly cut out uh, overtime. There is no overtime in, in uh, uh, preseason, fo- uh, preseason football. And, you know, there's a lot of other changes that makes the game go faster and, and a lot a lot better. Now, hey, let's get started, though. We're going to start breaking down week zero. So um, Wisconsin, yeah, Wisconsin, Nebraska. You're just up here, right? That's correct, right? Northwestern. 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 See, that's why I have you on the show. We don't need no stinking <laughs> badgers anyway. <laughs> Northwestern, uh, week zero game. Uh, break it down and your thoughts on, on what to see, what to watch, and what's going on. Yeah, I, I mean, North, Northwestern, the past several years under Pat, Pat Fitzgerald, um, they kind of are like, you're on, you're off, you're on, you're off, which – for team for a team like Northwestern, that's pretty remarkable. Um, so last year they were a little down. Um, they and then I would expect them to be better this year, but they did lose one of their best players. Um, their All-American safety transferred to Notre Dame. Um, and we'll be playing uh, against Ohio State next Saturday. Um, but but Northwestern is always an incredibly disciplined team. They don't beat themselves. They're not going to score a ton, but, you know, they're going to ha- play phenomenal defense. Um, they actually have one of the best offensive linemen in all of college football, Pete Skorowski, who's a, he's a tackle. Um, listen, pay attention to that name. You're looking at a potential Outland um, finalist, probably potential winner of the Outland Trophy for the best offensive lineman. Um, could be the first offensive lineman off the board in next year's NFL draft. Um but Northwestern, they just – they're just – they're solid in the trenches. They're very well disciplined. You know they're going to come out in this week and give it everything they've got. The question mark is Nebraska. Scott Frost knows he's coaching for his job. Uh, he, as, a, as a Nebraska alumni 
who helped them win their last national championship with Tom Osborne. He came back after leading UCF, and to say that his tenure has been uh, has been anything resembling a success is 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 not accurate. He has they have been really thoroughly beaten in every facet of the game pretty consistently throughout Scott Frost's tenure um, there in Lincoln. Um, they are breaking in a new quarterback. So it felt like Cam Martinez, who was their quarterback, it felt like he was there for like 37 years. Um, finally is no longer under center um, for Nebraska. They are, their new quarterback is Casey Thompson, um, who if you watched some, you know, like <laughs> burnt orange last year, um, watching Texas get beat, uh, he was Texas's starting quarterback last year. Um, then Texas went out and brought in um, Quinn Ewers, who transferred from Ohio State. Um, the former number one overall recruit in his recruiting class, um, who will be starting for them. Uh, he beat out Hudson Card. Um, it was announced this last week uh, for the starting job in Texas. But Casey Thompson transferred uh, to Nebraska. Now, Casey Thompson was all right at Texas. The question with Texas <laughs> the last couple of years has really been, what kind of playmakers are they putting on the field? They're not really having receivers mm-hmm. drafted. They're not really having offensive linemen drafted. No one really knows. So Casey Thompson, I've watched him play. He's got uh-huh. some talent. And he's probably the best quarterback that Scott Frost has had in Lincoln. So I think knowing what, what, how much this game means to Nebraska, because they need it more, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Nebraska wins this game. In a tough game, you're going to see, like, a lot of emotions, maybe some penalties early uh, on that you wouldn't normally see. It always happens uh-huh. in week one. I think Nebraska is going to win just because they're going to start out the season in desperation mode. I'm going, like, 27-21 Nebraska. Well, you know, I, and I'm going to kind of kind of go in a uh, different angle. I think this is going to be a definite ugly game, if you will. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of penalties. I think that, uh, but it's week zero, and, and we want to we want to we, we want the things the, the chaos to, to start uh, going with the way that we we root for chaos around here. We love chaos, Adam. Listen to the balance. Yep. My name's Tom Marcus El Presidente. We're jumping right into some college football. Hey, Adam, how long can you stay with us today? I've had some movement around on the schedule, so if you could stay a little bit longer, it would be great. We can get through some of these teams. I mean, I can, yeah, I can probably go to – I can go another 30 minutes. Okay, so an hour total. Uh, I, think, I, I think I can go to about 10, 15. <laughs> 10, 15, all right. We'll get, we'll get you okay. over some jelly beans or something. Get you some jelly beans. <laughs> All right, let's get into this. I just kind of want to go through uh, the power rankings. Of course, we know those are going to change uh, week by week by week, um, and we'll try to get through as much of these teams as we as we had. Like I just said, we got a, a change in the schedule. Tony Donahue uh, is sick. Apparently, he's not going to be able to make it. So we've got some things uh, extra time to talk some college football. Which who can complain about that? I'm going to, you know, I, I, the, the power ranking is a long, long list. I'm just going to start at number 21 with the Cincinnati Bearcats, just a little bit south of Indianapolis here. Um, they, they open up at Arkansas. 
but, but I think one of the most important games uh, lies, uh, well, it would have been my parents' anniversary, but uh, October 22nd, the day before my birthday, and that's the game against SMU. I mean, I think the X factor is whoever that is that Cincinnati is known for its defenses, and you know, uh, two two the past two seasons had a tough, tough deep season defense. I cannot talk today, uh, but there's no denying that Desmond Ritter was one of the best quarterbacks in the country as well. Eastern Michigan transfer Brett Bryant and Evan Porter uh, will be competing for the job, uh, which will come with a good base behind the uh, the offense line that returns all five starters, three of which were 2021 first team all AAC selections. So uh, what are your thoughts about the Cincinnati Bearcats? Certainly one of the biggest uh, question marks this season is how does the defense rebound uh, from the inedible drop-off that happens? The, the Bearcats lost six defensive players to the NFL, including one of the best cor- uh, cornerback duos, uh, Kobe Bryant and Sauce Gardner. So, uh, Cincinnati Bearcats, fun to watch this year, I think. They yeah, have, they, they're they going to be young. They were 13-1 one last year. Go ahead. Yeah, they're, they're young. I mean, that's, that's the thing about Cincinnati is they're not only replacing, as you mentioned, Desmond Ritter. They're not only replacing Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant. They're also replacing uh, Jerome Ford, who was drafted in the fifth or sixth round by the Browns. So, I mean, they, they lost a ton. Now, Luke Fickle – has been building that program up. Uh, he made a, a, another hire to bring um, a familiar face back to his sideline. Kerry Combs, the former defensive coordinator at Ohio State, who, who last year struggled mightily, is back in his position as a defensive back coach. Now, for those of you that don't know Kerry Combs, Kerry Combs was a, was a defensive back coach for the Ohio State team that won the national championship in 2014. If you look at the list of names that he coached, every major first-rounder that came out of Ohio State in the secondary the last few years, so we're talking Jeffrey Okuda, we're talking Damon Arnett, we're talking um, Marshawn Lattimore, Malik Hooker, Garyon Conley, all these guys, the endless stream of corners were all coached by Kerry Combs. He is a phenomenal mm-hmm. defensive back coach, not a good defensive back or defensive play caller, which is why he's no longer at Ohio State, but he's phenomenal defensive backs coach. And that's where I think Cincinnati is going to lean this year. You're going to see a team, they may lose a game or two early that they shouldn't lose because of their youth. But by the end of the season, I expect Cincinnati to be where they usually are, which is these last few years, which is right around the top 10. They're going to have some games that they just absolutely murder people because they'll hold them to like three points. Um, that, mm-hmm. That's what I expect. Now, offensively, great offensive line, question marks behind them. But I think Cincinnati is going to start end of the year stronger than they start the year and set them up well for next season. They might be ch- a championship caliber team. Uh, I mean, they were 13-1 and last year, like you, you mentioned, all the attributes that they have. But very, very interesting to follow the Cincinnati Bearcats. Let's talk about the Ole Miss Rebels. Uh, last, last year they were at 10-3. Uh, uh, they opened up against Troy uh, on September 3rd. Probably, let's, let's be real, the most important game of the season comes November 12th, and that's against Alabama. It's been a whirlwind for Zach Evans. Uh, perhaps he's found home at Ole Miss. Uh, the Rebels certainly – Hope that they have a have their go-to running back after Evans transferred from TCU as a, as a high school 
uh, senior. Evans was one of the most talented running backs and uh, prospects in the country uh, and initially signed with Georgia and was released uh, from his uh, letter of intent and wound up at TCU where he averaged about seven yards per carry of two seasons there. Ole Miss lost just uh, about all of its uh, rushing production a year ago. And Lane Kiffin's offense is predicted upon running the ball. So Evans figures as many carries as he can take. So I, the X factor there would be Zach Evans. And, of course, you've got to look at the big question mark. The Rebels uh, brought in, you know, several high-profile transfers, including USC quarterback Jackson Dart. So Ole Miss Rebels, mm-hmm. which, by the way, is the college that Eli Manning went to. Just for some yeah, you know, Ole Miss – <laughs> Zach Evans is a beast. Like Zach Evans' high school tape is one of the best high school tape running, like running back high school tapes I've seen in a long, long time. He was phenomenal coming out of high school. The question was surrounding him was like, where is his head? He was trying to get to the league as quickly as possible, and sometimes when that happens, uh, you get derailed along the way. Um, but he is a stud. I think personally, Zach Evans could finish the year. Uh, he's like a sneaky Heisman candidate. Um, he could be one of those kids that uh, kind of like B. John Robinson was last year for Texas, where nobody really knew who he was nationally at the start of the season. And then by week like two, they're like, oh, that guy, he's real good. Um, <laughs> Zach Evans, I think, is going to be a, a stud ball carrier in the SEC. Jackson Dart is should be the person I would assume is their is their quarterback, but Lane Kiffin hasn't announced who the starter is going to be yet. Um, they've also got, you know, they've got some other quarterbacks there. Um, a couple sophomores um, in Luke Altmeyer. Um, and then I think, I think there's another quarterback that's a, that's a junior that's ahead of uh, potentially Dart. Um, but I would imagine Jackson Dart's the starter. That's what he was brought there for. If he's not the starter, that's kind of head scratching. Um, but, you know, they, they've always kind of run these last couple of years a high-powered offense and a defense that's a little, ugh, to be desired. Now, you know, they, they are – if they can hold teams, I think, under, like, 25, they kind mm-hmm. of have a good shot to win every week because Tiffin's going to put up points. Um, I, I – they are – I would not be surprised if they are, like – they they're a pendulum. They could go, they could go win the SEC West or the SEC yeah yes, SEC West absolutely. Um, they they very well could. They they are really talented. Or they could finish like two and six. Like <laughs> you just you really <laughs> don't know which team for them is going to show up on every basis. And that's where I, I mean that's 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 the truth is they're a hard team to get a read on, but they're always super super exciting. Um, so if you if you've got a slot where you you don't you have you have no rooting interest for that hour, and you see Ole Miss has a, has a higher profile game on, turn it on because it'll be entertaining. I can promise you that. Well, we know one thing that Alabama game is definitely going to be that of nothing uh, no, nothing less. That's a very important game. Let's talk about the Pitt Panthers. Uh, they open up against West Virginia on September first, which very well might be the most important game of the season for them. Last year they were eleven and three. Again, we look at their quarterback, Keldon Davis. Although Pitt's quarterback competition uh, to replace Kenny Pickett still remains open. I mean, the, the, they say the job's open and, and they're still looking for a quarterback. I can't imagine them 
not having Keldon uh, Slavis as their quarterback is certainly he's the favorite to win the starting job based on his past experience at, at USC and uh, his breakout freshman year with the Trojans. Uh, you know, he threw 3,502 yards and 30 touchdowns and nine interceptions. The Panthers are counting on Slovis to recapture the form that allowed them to succeed last year. So, I, I, again, I don't know what the holdback is of announcing that he's going to be the starting back, quarterback. Everybody knows that he is. Big question mark is how did the Panthers do without Pickett and Jordan, Jordan Addison, uh, the reigning ACC champions, uh, lost the bulk of their offense production last year. So that's the, that's the big question mark above the, the, the Pitt, uh, Panthers. Yeah, you know, Pitt's, Pitt's going to be uh, – I this is a rebuilding year for them. Uh, I, I don't – I know a lot of people have them in the top, you know, top 20 because of what they did last year. And they've got Keaton Slovis coming in, but, like, you're replacing Jordan Addison, who came out of nowhere, is no easy task. Now, Pat Narduzzi always has their teams playing, you know, hard-nosed, but I also think Clemson's going to kind of rebound this year. Um I, maybe not as good as some people say with them picking, like picking them fourth in the country, but I think Clemson's going to rebound. I think Northwestern, excuse me, not Northwestern, North Carolina is going to have a, a, a solid team this year. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not as high on, on Pitt as, as other teams. I just don't, I just don't know who they've got. Now could another Jordan Addison pop out of the woodwork? Absolutely, but. As it stands right now, I can't have – I don't have them ahead of Ole Miss personally. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, they're, they're an interesting team that, that – you, when you got a quarterback that can put up numbers, you can – you know, it, it, it changes a lot of things. And a lot of people are counting on Slovis to be more like his freshman year than how he was – Right, you know, but they're counting on time. And no. he, they, they are, and he hasn't been able to avoid <laughs> yeah. injury as well. Like, he has to stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the number 18 team, and then we're going to bounce up to the top five because we want to just make sure that we get as much of these uh, covers uh, co- that we can uh, before your your 10-15 drop-off uh, here. But let's talk about the – we were just talking about the Badgers, the, the Wisconsin Badgers. We don't need no stinking Badgers. They went 9-4 and four last year uh, in the Big Ten. I mean, 9-4 and four overall, sorry. Uh, and uh, their opening week is against Illinois State September 3rd. But – I think probably one of the most important uh, games on their calendar is at Iowa on November 12th. Let's talk about quarterback Graham Mertz. Wisconsin is still waiting for the highest-rated quarterback recruit in team history to blossom. After struggling with yep. turnovers for most of 2021, Mertz uh, gets a clean slate for a play caller from Bobby Ingram. You know the Big Ten well. You know the Wisconsin Badgers yep. well. What the heck is going on with the quarterback, Graham Mertz? The biggest question that I have is can, can Jim Leonard's defense be a reliable elite but uh, with quarter, uh, unit this year? And so those are the, the, the clouds that I mean, you would think that Graham Mertz would not be part of that cloud, but maybe they need to start looking at somebody else. I don't know. What are your thoughts? The thing is tough about Graham Mertz, he's really good. And then he'll make like he is. a horrible he interception, just, and then uh, and then he'll it'll just it, it'll it just compounds for him. Um, Graham Mertz is very talented, and and the other thing that Wisconsin has that they haven't had in recent years that they've got this year is they've got another one of those true Wisconsin bell cow running backs. 
Braylon Allen is the best running back in the country that no one's talking about. Uh, he, mm-hmm. I think Wisconsin gets back on top in the SEC, or not the SEC, excuse me, in the Big Ten West this year. I think we are staring down another Wisconsin-Ohio uh, State Big Ten championship game this year. They do meet, meet up earlier in the season um, in what will, will be one of the more challenging games in what is a very challenging schedule for Ohio State. The Big Ten schedule makers did us no favors this year, and frankly, that's fine with me because when we beat everybody else, they can, you know, allow <laughs> tell everybody else to keep the trap shut. So I, I think Wisconsin is a if Graham Mertz just doesn't turn it over, and his problem that he's had is, and I say this as a as a Browns fan who watched Baker Mayfield try to do this for years, <laughs> he doesn't have to freaking try to score a touchdown on every play, and that's his problem. Is he's very talented, but he keeps on trying to go out and make the big play rather than taking what the defense gives you, and then when the big play opportunity is there, that's when you capitalize on it. So. <clears throat> I would hope in his junior season, Mertz can put it together, and he can, and he, and he's able to do that. And frankly, I think he will. I think, I think personally, Wisconsin goes into the conference championship. I think they win the Big Ten West. I'm laying my cards out early. I think they go in the Big Ten West with one, maybe two losses at most, with one of those losses being to Ohio State. And they'll probably finish again this year where we usually expect Wisconsin, between like 6th and 10th. And Paul Chris is going to continue to build um, on his reputation. And I wonder how long Jim Leonard stays as his defensive coordinator um, yeah. there at his alma mater because I think you could see – I don't think he'll leave his job. I think you're going to start seeing NFL teams mm-hmm. right. um, in out his direction. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, you know, I, I said I was going to jump up to the top five, but I, I've got to give you the opportunity uh, to talk about the number 18, uh, 18, I mean, I'm sorry, the number eight, the number after seven, that number, Adam. Uh, I, and that's the team from up north, but everybody else in the country knows them as the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, last year, they had a 12-2 and record. Uh, they opened up against Colorado State on September 3rd, but probably – yeah, one would just nobody would disagree with me on this. Uh, the most important game of their season comes on November 26th against your Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, Michigan's uh, run game made the offense go go last season, but the team lost running back Hassan Hoskins, who led the team with 20 rushing uh, touchdowns in 2021 uh, to the NFL. But but it returns Blake Corum, who had 11 touchdowns. Uh, and Donovan Ed- Adams, Edwards, sorry, uh, will have a bigger workload. Um, so the biggest question mark, I think, with the, the Michigan Wolverines is how does Michigan replace its, its defense? I mean, they lost Adrian Hutchinson, David Adu, Daxton Hill, Josh Ross, Chris Hinton, Brad Hawkins, and Vincent Gray on the defense from last season. I mean, yeah, to me, you're in a – Go ahead. I, I mean, the amount of defense they're replacing, and, and people are just assuming that they're just going to, like, swap one out and put another one in. They lost three of their four starters on the defensive line. They lost their number one corner, their number one safety, their top two linebackers. 
Um, they did lose their leading rusher in Hassan Haskins. Blake, Hor- Blake Horm is, is solid, but he's honestly he's not even as good as the top two tailbacks at Ohio State. It's just what it is. Um, they are a paper tiger because if you look at their schedule, it's an absolute joke. Um, their schedule, I've actually got it pulled up here, is Colorado State, Hawaii, Yukon, Maryland, and they really only have three tough games before the game, as you mentioned, played on the 26th. They are at Iowa, at Penn State, or no, at home against Penn State, excuse me, and at home against Michigan State. And I think what's going to happen is I think they will lose two of those, and then they are going to get their butts handed to them in Columbus. Because all they've done all offseason is run their mouth in standard dumb fashion. That's what they do is they'll win once in a decade, and then they act like they've been on top that entire time. And I think Ryan Day is going to look Jim Harbaugh in the face, and he's going to be like, all right, you want to run your mouth? You want to say – at the if, for those of you that don't remember, Jim Harbaugh basically threw a shot at Ryan Day, say, you know, some people are born on third and they think they hit a triple – Ryan Day is going to, I mean, run up the score in Columbus that day, and he will have no remorse. Uh, I, I, I think, I think they're looking at realistically a nine and three season. Um, for them, that should be considered a success, but it's really only nine and three because they uh, have a garbage schedule. Because they're not only replacing those guys, they lost their defensive coordinator to the Baltimore Ravens, and they mm-hmm. lost Josh Gaddis, their offensive coordinator, to the University of Miami. Uh, and Josh Gaddis was, was pissed when he left because, by all intents and purposes, everyone thought Harbaugh was going back to the NFL. Harbaugh mm-hmm. was taking mm-hmm. NFL job um, interviews on signing day. It was all yep. announced he was gone, and Gaddis was going to be the guy. Harbaugh then comes back, and Gaddis said, okay, if I stay, I want the title of associate head coach and a pay raise, and they wouldn't give it to him. So hmm. Mario Cristobal from Miami comes to Colin, and Josh Gaddis leaves. So they're not only replacing all those defensive players, all those seniors on the offensive line, right. Hassan Haskins, they're replacing – their top, their offense and defensive coordinator. That's a lot to overcome. And you know what? It, it couldn't happen to a worse group of people. So, like, I'm totally fine with it. <laughs> Adam Jemidan, our uh, college football co-pilot. Uh, we're breaking down week zero and starting the conversation of what's going on. Uh, starting next week. Uh, with uh, the uh, college football scene. Uh, we'll, we're at the number five rank. We we're still here at, at Notre Dame at number five, which we, we talked about last week being a little bit ambitious. Uh, but they had a record of 20-21 uh, record of 11-2. and two. They opened up against your Ohio State Buckeyes on September 3rd, which is probably one of the most important uh, games of the season. you got to wonder how, how Tyler Butchner uh, hasn't been, why he hasn't been named the starting quarterback yet. Uh, but uh, the Irish do need a consistent, stable pre- uh, presence in that position. And last season starter Jack Cohen uh, has exhausted his eligibility, uh, had exhausted his eligibility, I'm sorry. Uh, so interesting, and I think he's with the Colts now, Jack Cohen. I could be confused about that. But 
I, I, my biggest question, Mark, with the, the Notre Dame is, is what will the team look like under Marcus Prima, uh, his first year head coach? And while the players were thrilled that he was hired, he's stepping in at hand of a, of a head coach of one of the most prominent uh, programs in the country. And uh, he certainly opens up against his alma mater. Yeah. He's an Ohio State you know, boy. <laughs> you know, the thing, about, the thing about Notre Dame right now, Notre Dame is losing players left and right due to injury, like before the season already starts, which is bad. And that's always really, really, really hard for morale. They've lost, like, their top receivers. They lost one of the starting offensive linemen. Expectations for Notre Dame this year need to be kept in check. Expectations for Notre Dame, their, their 23 or 24 outlook is much stronger than the 22 outlook because of who Marcus Freeman is as a coach and with the program that he's going to try to build. He's, he's already shown to be a tremendous recruiter, um, brought in some really high-profile recruits for his first full recruiting class. Um, and Buck, Tyler Buckner, I think he actually has been named uh, starting quarterback at this point. Still needs a year of seasoning. Like this, he's a – He's one of the highest-rated quarterbacks Notre Dame's had in a while. Um, and he's going to be good, but he's also going to take his lumps this year. Um, mm-hmm. they, they, as I mentioned, they, they've lost some receivers. I think their most experienced receiver um, right now is uh, uh, Styles, um, who caught, like, 12 passes last year. Like, it's not, it's not great. Um, and they're mm-hmm. going to be coming in in week one against an Ohio State offense that is returning. Basically, everybody that we saw in the Rose Bowl when they went out and hung, what did we score, 42 on Utah? <laughs> like, that's just, <laughs> and, and it'll, it'll, frankly, it'll be an even stronger offense because we are uh, returning C.J. Stroud after a whole offseason um, of being the man um, and I just I think Ohio State's going to be just going to come loaded fair next week. I don't think though. I think Notre Dame's going to come out and they're going to get whooped in week one. And then what I want to see, if you're a Notre Dame fan, is that just gradual progression. You know, it's a young team, especially with all of these injuries. Um, if you if you have a, a season this year of of nine and three. Be pumped about it because you're always going to play a tough schedule. And then the following year when Buckner's had a year under his, his belt, then Notre Dame can, can really be featured heavily in that potential playoff discussion. I think this year is, is going to be a lot more about rebuilding. So yep. keep your eye on that progression on a week-to-week basis. And that's what you can be happy about is knowing who they're bringing you know who they're going to bring back the following season. Well, I, I hope we can get I hope we can get Rick Riggin on next week. Obviously, he's a big Notre Dame guy. He's uh, going to be uh, doing a lot of stuff uh, this summer and and this fall. So uh, he's not going to be able to commit to a full season with us. Uh, but uh, he said he would uh, try to come on a different uh, uh, Notre Dame games, and it doesn't get any bigger than next week. So we hope to have him on. No promises yet, but hopefully. Uh, we can we can get the band back together to do some fun bantering between Ohio State and uh, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I want to take just a few moments to to wrap these all these teams up in one bow. I guess uh, obviously Ohio State. We've talked a lot about Ohio State, uh, but the other ones that I have here is 
obviously uh, the, the Clemson Tigers. Uh, they open up uh, mm-hmm. against Georgia Tech on September 5th. Uh, big big game or most important game was against North Carolina State on October 1st. And and then where they will, DJ Oganagi, Oggy, 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 stand up. <laughs> that's my question. That's 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 one of the biggest things. Of course, the biggest question mark is for the first time in nearly a decade, Clemson is surrounded by question marks. Uh, but perhaps none looms larger than the changes of the coaching staff, offensive coordinator Tony Elliott and defensive coordinator Brent Vanables. Uh, so that's the, with the Clemson Tigers. We'll, we'll go move over to the Georgia Bulldogs opening game against Atlanta. I mean, in Atlanta at Oregon. I mean, try this again. Against Oregon at Atlanta at the Chick-fil-A uh, kickoff game on September 3rd. And certainly probably one of the most uh, important games of their season this year is at Kentucky. And, uh, I, you know, you, you look at Stetson Ben, he, he does continue to shoot down all the miss uh, that he can't do it, and he's doing it. Biggest question mark with them is, the Dogs lost five defensive players from a year ago who went on into the first round of the NFL draft, not to mention the, uh, use it, losing their defensive coordinator, Dan Lanning. So big question marks around that. Of course, we, you know, Ohio State, 11-2, uh, and two, biggest game, Notre Dame. Uh, we'll open up Notre Dame. Actually, the biggest game is against Michigan, as you'd say. And, of course, we want to talk about uh, uh, C.J. Stroud. Um, but, I, you know, really, with the – Ohio State Buckeyes, and I'm just going to wrap these up, and you, I'll let you run with it here for the, these teams just to kind of uh, wrap up the time we have with you. Um, so the biggest question mark this season with the Ohio State Buckeyes is despite uh-huh. justified excitement about the new coordinator, Jim Knowles, a defense that hasn't met the standard in three of the past four seasons must stand up, step, step up. Linebacker and defensive back play will be especially important after Ohio State used a healthy position of players in 2021. Those under the microscope this year include Tommy Ettenberg and Tanner McCaster and and Oklahoma State transfer. Uh, So let's know those are the question marks around the Ohio State belt guys. And of course, Alabama 13 and two. Um, they open up against Utah State. Of course, they open up against Utah State. You have Ohio State and Notre Dame opening up, but Alabama they open up against Utah State, and their season probably doesn't even get started till later on. <laughs> but they do have Texas A&M on October eighth. Of course, that that game that we talked about earlier is a, it's a, it's a big thing there. You know, you always just got to take Alabama for what it is. They are a uh, a lot like Notre Dame, a lot like Ohio State. They are uh, NFL uh, minor leagues, if you will. So, again, I always look at Alabama as the real deal. Uh, the biggest question mark, uh, Saban said it himself after practice uh, at fall camp, I don't think there's any question about the fact that we need to play better on the offense. We need to be more physical up front and, and get some movement on the run. So there, there, there you go. I'm going to let you run with it. Uh, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, and Clemson will wrap it up for our college football talk today. So go right ahead. You are up. Yeah, I mean we've we've talked a lot about Ohio State. So I will, and I'll save some Ohio State for next week. Uh, Alabama <laughs> is interesting here because Alabama is not only replacing, you know, some some studs on the defensive side. Um, replacing several uh, some offensive linemen. They're also replacing their top three receivers. 
Um, now, they've had some outstanding receiver recruiting, as you would expect for a team like Alabama. But that's my question early on, is how are they going to replace John Mechie? How are they going to replace Jamison Williams? How are they going to replace some of these guys? Because they may not be able to right away go outscore some people. When, when Bryce Love – Bryce Love is a smaller – or Bryce Young, excuse me, is a smaller quarterback – and when he has heat in his face, he struggles seeing over the top of the offensive line at times. Um, he's built a lot more like Tua um, than Mac Jones. Um, and Mac Jones is up there at like 6'3", and Tua's uh, right at six foot. So, Young, you know, he's good. The difference is, is friggin' uh, Anderson on the defensive side of the ball is the best defensive player we've seen uh, in a while. Um, we're talking probably like since Chase Young in college football, we're just a complete one-man wrecking crew. Uh, so, you know, Alabama, the, the big question is, I, I've said their biggest game uh, until the potential SEC championship game is Texas A&M. I think Texas A&M has a shot at beating them. Um, they've come close the last couple of years, and I think they I think they could do it again. Um, I, I wonder how they've been really lucky for the most part with injuries, um, you know, that, that I think this, this is a less deep Alabama team in terms of guys that have experience behind the starters than in previous years. So we'll see. Um, you know, Georgia, I know a lot of people really, like, think Stetson Bennett could be great, but it, he's I, – I can't get on the Stetson Bennett train. He, he throws up some absolutely horrifically bad passes. And now he, he did step up in the title game and make some big-time throws. But I think, I think the, the glass slipper is going to start to crack this year. And I think, I think Georgia, if it wasn't for the fact that they have a pretty easy schedule um, outside of the Oregon game, I think they'd be due for some losses. I think they also beat Oregon. Um, Dan Lanning is now went from Georgia to the Oregon sideline. Um, so that should be interesting because he'll know what they're going to want to do. Um, and then Clemson, yeah, the question for Clemson is, how is DJ Uyangalale going to perform? It's going to perform like the number one overall recruit that he was, because if he doesn't, and he could be looking over his shoulder, they have Cade Klubnick, another highly ranked quarterback recruit, sitting right behind him. So that, that could lead to some, to some struggles for both of them. We saw, we've seen that. You know, in years past where a quarterback is doesn't feel settled, is always looking over his shoulder, and then neither one performs well. That kind of happened last year at Oklahoma with uh, Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams. Rattler, he could, he could actually go out and if he, you know, make a mistake and not have to worry about getting pulled, that causes you to press. But then Caleb Williams would come in, make a dumb mistake himself, and you'd see him looking over at the bench. So, that that kind of internal struggle is is I think is going to bite Clemson at some point this season. Well, certainly we go from I, this is my last question, I promise. But you know, I ha, I have uh, three teams in mind that I think are getting totally underrated in the power rankings and are going to come out and surprise everyone. The, and so two of them are Cougars, and that's BYU and that's Houston, and the other one is a Trojan that's out in USC. One of those three teams is going to emerge as the the hero of the day. Like, wow, we did not see this coming. And one of those three are going to be in a major bowl this year and be a major contender for a national championship. Which one of those three will it be? 
I I I gotta go with USC because mm-hmm. they're gonna be given a lot more rope than BYU or Houston. You know, right. Cincinnati uh, came out and last year and did well and you know got to the playoff and got annihilated. Um, those smaller schools like Houston, like BYU, like Cincinnati, they have no room for error, no margin of error whatsoever. USC with their now you know, star-studded sideline and Caleb Williams at quarterback and Jordan Madison and all these, all these transfers that they brought in, they're going to be given every opportunity uh, because the media is the market is going to stay with them. You know? yeah, absolutely. So, That's I, absolutely I right. We... Much as a much stronger candidate to be the under the radar team um, from those three. I, I, I just, I don't, I don't know who else from from the Houston and BYU perspective. I'd have to I haven't dug into their schedule a ton yet. The team that I'm looking at personally and going, hmm, what could they do? Is uh, is South Carolina. They're not even frankly listed right now, but they did mm. bring in Spencer Rattler and then they brought in um, Oklahoma's starting tight end. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but they have a very very favorable schedule. Um, they will play Georgia because they're in the same conference, but they could be a team that kind of pops up. They won their bowl game last year, and South Carolina could be a team that's slowly moving on the rise, and it wouldn't shock me to see them finish second in the SEC East. Adam Jividen, our college football co-pilot. We are just getting started. It is week zero, uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Northwestern and Nebraska. Uh, Adam has picked Nebraska. I have picked Northwestern. We will get it all up on our on our social media, uh, and uh, we're going to keep keep this ball rolling with college football every week. As mentioned earlier, Tony's under the weather, not going to be able to join us today. Steve is uh, not going to be able to join us today, so I'm going. Ed can't join us today. Man, I'm going to be all by myself the rest of the show. Me and you. You, not Adam, but Adam, you are always welcome. Me and you, the <laughs> fan, the fanatic. Hey, this is where all the fanatics come together and drink coffee and talk trash about Notre Dame and every other school out there. <laughs> Adam, I know you're not on the Twitter world, but where can people find your work and masterpieces, sir? Um, we need to get I, you on the You know, world. I kind of backed off the social media presence. I'm on Facebook, but I don't ever post anything. <laughs> um, you know, I probably should. I don't know. I just oh, I understand. social media these I days is just a place where like old people argue about stuff. It feels like so. <laughs> well, I I do fall into that category for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll, we'll we'll catch up with you next week. You have a good week. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Tom. All right, Adam Jividen. Super Browns fan, Super Ohio State fan. He's been a part of the college football team uh, here for a few years now. Always brings the energy. Love having him on board. My name is Tom Marcos El Presidente. We're going to go solo with me and you, 917-889-8516. You want to talk NASCAR, you want to talk IndyCar, NFL, college football. Hey, I am a bowl of alphabet soup. We can make it happen. We'll be right back on the other side. My name is Tom Marcos El Presidente.
National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they... Investor philanthropists, do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Don't know much about 
history, don't know much biology, don't know much about a science book, don't know much about the French I took, but I do know that I love you, and I know that if you love me, Mandy Pepperidge, well, I haven't seen you since we... Go away. I'm sorry, I can only stay a minute. Let me buy you some lunch. Oh, you've got your lunch. Well, how about some milk? You got your milk, too. Well, can I just massage your thighs while you eat? Do I have to leave? If I turn my mic back on, welcome back to The Balance. My name is Tom Marquis El Presidente. Thank you, Adam Jimadon, our, uh, at our uh, college football uh, cohort, partner in crime, co-pilot, uh, really stepping up for us this year. Uh, uh, we typically would have a, a, three ga- a three-man team here uh, on college football. Uh, Rick Riggin usually joins us, but he's got a lot going on, and we, we certainly uh, – understand that and he's welcome at any time and i think he's going to pop in on some notre dame games every day now and then hopefully we'll get him on next week uh to talk at notre dame but if not adam and i can definitely handle the workload uh so thank you adam for joining us as did typically we'd be jumping into our racing segment which we're still going to talk some racing as well uh but steve uh late night with uh, nascar we're going to talk about that really big Night out of Daytona last night, and whew, some scary stuff going on there. We're going to get into that conversation here in a moment. Nine one seven eight nine eight five one six is our digits. Uh, hopefully that you are uh, listening to it. If you're listening to us on the podcast here, you just uh, hit like, so we know how awesome you are. We know how awesome we are, uh, and uh, you know also make sure that you check out BlackRifleCoffee.com. You know you buy a bag, you give a bag. Uh, so they whenever you buy a bag, they give a bag to uh, first responders and troops and that sort of stuff. And as I mentioned earlier, Black Rifle Coffee saw this on Navy Destroyer. That's all they serve, all the different types of Black Rifle Coffee. If you're a coffee snob or just a plain old coffee drinker, and, you know, they got some really cool merchandise. And I think you've heard me talk about my spy pitching t-shirt. got some hats, mugs. So they got a lot of stuff there that you can order. And I, and I get coffee for my mom and for my son. So you know, it's uh, uh, BlackRifleCoffee.com. Uh, but, you know, we were just talking uh, about college football and the power rankings, and we didn't get to a lot of, of the um, breakdowns, if you will. But I mentioned that I thought that there were, that there were uh, three different teams that I thought were really going to have a breakout uh, move. And I think Adam and I both uh, agreed that that could be USC, but the other two – uh, also have good possibilities, and we'll see what happens. And one of those is the Houston Cougars, uh, actually two Cougars, Houston Cougars and the BYU t- uh, Cougars. And how about the Houston Cougars? If you remember a few years back, they were really a dominant force in the college football world. Uh, so we, we'll see what happens there. But 
their their record last year was 12 and two, uh, and uh, they open up at uh, UTSA September 3rd. I think one of the most important games for the Cougars, Houston Cougars, that is, is at SMU on November 5th. Um, quarterback uh, Clayton Toon, the quarterback, uh, the Cougars should be have potent on the offense with seven starters returning. And, and, and two is in that straw, and, and is the straw that serves the drink there, if you want. In 14 games last year, he threw for, uh, what, 3,544 yards, I think, uh, 30 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and, you know, completing over 68% of his passes. So if he stays healthy, uh, Tune will likely be American athlete best quarterback. I, would, I mean, I think he'd be one of the top leading quarterbacks this year and leading one of the most talented teams in the conference. That's one of the key reasons why I think that Houston will be a, a surprise breakout. Now, I could be wrong. I'm almost never wrong, but if I am wrong, it could happen. <laughs> I'll take some ownership sometimes of stuff. Now, with them, where my question mark lies is how, how do the new defenses fit pieces fit together? The Cougars lost three players to the NFL draft from 2021 defense from the, in the defense uh, line, I guess. Um, so uh, I'm curious to see how they're going to, they're going to replace all of that. Um, so they, they do have a very, very, very tough linebacker, Donovan Mutone as a Peyton Manning type on defense, if you will. Peyton Manning on defense. But Peyton Manning wasn't on defense. He was on offense. I, I, I digress. But that type of caliber of a star, that type of caliber of a player. So those reasons combined is why I said, hey, this is going to be a, could be a surprise breakout team. The other one, actually, ironically enough, um, if I can use ironically properly, um, where it's rated number 25 in my list of 25 power rankings. But I do look for them to have a, it could be one of those teams that break out and have just a magnificent season. Uh, they went, to, they went 10 and three last year. They opened up a UCF on September 3rd. Now, one of the most important games of the season is Baylor. We know the Baylor Bears are very, 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 very good. So, I mean, that's, that's certainly one to look at on their calendar. And, and the schedule on the calendar. You know, the X factor with the BYU Cougars um, is uh, Puka Nuka. <laughs> I know I just butchered that name. Puka, 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 P-U-K-A. <laughs> He's coming off of a breakout season, which he caught 43 passes for 805 yards with six touchdowns after making just 16 grabs over uh, the previous two seasons. And then the departure of Tyler Alligator, fifth-round pick of Al- from Atlanta, uh, you know, Puka, Nuka. <laughs> uh, presence is even more important as Jaron Hill, obviously the quarterback, builds off at his strong 2021 season. My question, Mark, for the Cougars, uh, can the Cougars get off to a strong start? I think that's key. That has to happen. And obviously getting a win against Baylor, it's going to be a, a very contributing factor to that because they do face Baylor and Oregon in the second and third games of the season. So they've got to come out, you know, and, and, and clearly mark their ground and, and improve that they have a place at the table. If that happens, the rest of the season won't have as serious stakes uh, since they're an independent team. Um, 
This is precisely the scenario to show why why joining the Big 12 will be such a great move for the program because that really does elevate them to a new level. If the Krugers can get through their two games, 5-0, and uh, and looks, you know, and then going into a play against Notre Dame in Las Vegas, that's going to be interesting. It's going to be a very interesting. So that, for those reasons, is why I uh, have marked the BYU Cougars as my standout teams. Well, let's move on over to Daytona. What's going on today? At 7 o'clock, Daytona uh, Speedway, uh, the Coke Zero Sugar uh, 400. Uh, so, I, you know, of course, you know, we're big race people here uh, on the balance, and we follow racing quite extensively. And so we, we know a lot of these drivers. We go out to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. We get a chance to meet drivers or talk with drivers. Uh, Jeremy Clements, he got the upset win in the Xfinity Series at Daytona. Uh, at the Daytona International Speedway, which was his first race since 2017. But this was, there was a bad crash there, and I'm still getting all the details on it that Noah Gregson was in, involved with. Uh, but, you know, it, it was really kind of a, a mess. I lo- I'm looking at the replay on this on Twitter, and we'll get, we've got it posted up on Twitter. It's amazing to me that Noah... It, it, the whole, the whole, we talk about the safety of of drivers and the safety of the teams. It it amazes me that Noah was not hurt in that in that fiery crash. It's uh, makes you just remember, you know, what strides that NASCAR has taken to um, ensure the safety of drivers. So we'll get that up on on social media. I um, don't have a lot of information on it yet but i do know there was a there was a big crash so i missed that race last night uh but um had to do show prep uh but uh just certainly going to keep our eyes on on that and what's what's going on there so we've been talking about the playoffs and we've been talking about who 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 to look for um you know kurt bush could very well miss the start of the cup playoffs um, and I, I think he will. I think that's what's come down is that he will miss that. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens there. <laughs> my name is Tom Marcus El Presidente. I got to get my notes back online. See, this is what happens when I'm left alone and unleashed. You never know where this train is going off. The uh, you never know. <laughs> where this train is going to go off the rails. Let's talk a little bit about Kurt Busch. Uh, Kurt Busch playoff withdrawal, not motivated by Toyota tactics. Um, It's going to be interesting. Denny Hamlin, let's back up a little bit here. Denny Hamlin spent Friday at the media availability room there in uh, Daytona shooting down any notion of something – Nefarious? Can I use that word? Nefarious? All kinds of words I, I don't know how to use. I am not allowed to use big words. <laughs> Denny says this, because it didn't play in our, our decision like that. Hamlin said, if anything, maybe it benefited Ryan Blaney more than, than Martin Truex. 
Bush earned his spot in the postseason by winning in Kansas, in the Kansas Speedway back in May. However, by withdrawing his medical waiver because he will not be back in the car to start the playoffs, Bush has been taken off the playoff grid, further solidifying Blaney's spot and moving uh, the winless Truex, who is b- below the cut line, who was below the cut line, uh, to the last provisional spot of the race, uh, which uh, was Saturday, tonight, to determine the championship field. I'm curious to see how this is going to play out. It's fun to watch all the, 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 the drivers, but the, the thing about is once you get into the playoffs, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. If you're not in that playoff grid, like any other playoff, you're not going to be able to earn a spot to a championship. And I oftentimes sit back and, and wonder, what's the motivation? Everybody play nice out there, but there are some uh, haters, if you will. There, there are drivers who will just be very, very aggressive when not needed to be. So it's very interesting to always watch the, the, the postseason you know, going back to that press conference yesterday, you know, Denny Hamlin noted that Truex jumping off the, the playoff grid cut line might uh, put him into the postseason, but it doesn't help Joe Gibbs racing at this point. The reason comes down to just playing business. It's the owner's championship. Bush's number 45 car is still in contention because of the team's win at Kansas. The number 19 car of Truex is not because he is winless and also. So while Truex might make the playoffs for the driver championship, the number 45 car would still be in the owner's championship. So, and we went through a lot of different scenarios um, last week with Steve. Uh, so it won't go through all of those scenarios again. But to, but, but to change that scenario, Truex would need to win the race tonight at Daytona to put his car in the owner's championship and kick out the number 45. If the number 19 only makes it, makes the playoff on points and not wins, then the 23 XL uh, racing will rec- uh, will reap the financial benefits, I should say, of still being in the owners' championship, and JGR uh, would not. And charters are titled uh, tied to the owners' title. And here's the thing, talking about charters, there's going to be some new charters coming out in 2023. Uh, Very interesting to see some of the names that are popping up here. And Dale Jr. is one of those notable names that could get a a charter, so which means he could very well have a car. I I, I couldn't see it being more than one car, but could very well have a car in the uh, Monster Energy Series uh, with the the charter. Now – I listen to his podcast, which if, if you guys don't, uh, Dirty Mo Media, I would certainly take the time to listen to his podcast. He's great. It's great, great. Uh, and I've had a chance to meet Dale over the years, and he's just a great person behind the mic as well as a great driver. But he said, no, I, I don't know where this rumor is coming from, basically, is what he said on his podcast a few weeks ago. I don't know where this rumor is coming from because my name gets brought up on a lot of stuff. I, I have no intention of, of being – but the name's – they say there's smoke, there's fire, even if it's a little steam. Um, so I, my, my, my thought process, if he can get the financial backing, he'll do it. We all know it's not going to come off his, all, his own dime. But it's a very, very, very expensive maneuver 
to make that leap from the Xfinity series to the Monster Energy series with sponsorships and that sort of stuff, and several, several million dollars are at stake, obviously he's not going to use his own money for that. So you wonder what kind of investors he can get. Does he have some lined up? Is that why we continue to hear that Dale Jr. is going to be one of the new charter owners? Uh, you know, maybe, maybe yes, maybe no. I, I can't say for sure. But I know I do know that conversation uh, is is still afloat. So we'll we'll see we'll see what happened. Um, so when the news of uh, Bush's uh, decision broke, there were claims of the Toy- Toyota teams helping each other. Truex has a much better shot with Bush's withdrawal. In a, in a, but it's not a lock. A new winner at Daytona would keep him um, from the postseason. So going back to what the press conference, what Denny said, he says, if the, if the people want 16 drivers to battle for a championship, then you have to add somebody. Otherwise, there's 15. Hamlin said, I don't know if it matters from our standpoint, but, it's, but, but certainly I think NASCAR wants a bracket with 16 drivers. So if you were – if you put the next one and they earn a spot in, well, there you go. Hamlin also made it clear – that the decision to withdraw the waiver uh, on Bush's, Bush and his alone. And so that decision was made by Bush. It wasn't made by, by the team or anything like that. It was not brought up by Hamlin or, or uh, 23XL Racing, any of that. It was, it was a Kurt thing. And he said it was definitely a Kurt thing. So it, make, it makes you wonder. We go on to these other conversations about – uh, you know, drivers retiring and so forth, is are we seeing the last leg of uh, – are we seeing the last leg of uh, Kurt Busch in his career as an NASCAR driver? Um, time will tell. It's, it's going to be a hard decision for, for Busch to make. He's obviously been a, a, a key part of NASCAR – Good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, you know, you, you can lo- love to hate him, I guess. Uh, in the same way with his brother, uh, both Kyle and Kurt are, have been a staple in the uh, have been a staple in the uh, NASCAR arena, if you will. Saturday, I'm still losing my brain. <laughs> still losing my brain, people. And, you know, IndyCar, and I was hoping that we'd have Tony Donahue on from the Tony podcast and burnoutsports.com. Um, but he's sick today. Hope he gets feeling better. Uh, but uh, IndyCar rolls into Portland, and we're getting closer and closer to a championship conversation uh, in and around that. So we'll see how that plays out. You know, and, and I'm, I'm curious to see. I mean, we Tony and, and I have talked on this show. Uh, and we, we, I think we, are, we still say, we still say that this is Scott Dixon, the Iceman. Now, there's a lot of contenders there, and, and you might look at Alex Blow, you might look at some other drivers, but the IndyCar Championship. So um, let's talk a little bit about this uh, rate. Uh, I'm having more stuff come across my desk now on this massive multi-rec uh, on lap 98 of, of, of scheduled 100 that set the race into overtime, uh, landing, landing castles, uh, Chevrolet slapped the outside of the wall and collided with Jeb Burton's Camaro. 
And then at the front of the field, Daniel Hemrick moved uh, down the track and turned off the nose of Noah Gregson Jr., uh, igniting a melee of evolved events. And like I say, I'm looking at this this replay here. It's just amazing to me that there were not significant injuries or, or casualties in this record. We've got it up on social media. Um, so, but in, but that was the last appetizer just before the the, uh, cha- the chassis crumpled in the restart. Um, so, Creed's Camaro hit ne- Namachek's car, spun on the inside, and shot back across the traffic, demolishing uh, Joe Graff Jr.'s car. The wreck kept Creed below the, the playoff cut line, 55 points behind Castle, for the last three races before the playoff field is set. So very interesting to see how how that happened. So yeah, we got that up on. We do have that up on social media. I believe so. If not, if not, uh, uh, Melissa will be getting it up here uh, very very soon. Let's talk a little bit about the playoff standings as we know it, uh, and we'll start with the the Xfinity series uh, and the playoff standings as we know it. Um, so the line is eleven. Above the line, here we go. Landon Castle, Daniel Hemrick, Riley Herbis, Sam Meyer, Jeremy Clements, Brandon Jones, Austin Hill, Josh Berry, Justin Allgaier, A.J. Allmendinger, Noah Gregson, and Ty Gibbs. I, let's you know, point to, we were talking just a few minutes ago about Noah and how, you know, he survived that wreck and, and – uh, He's still number two in the in the standings, uh, so we'll see how he plays out. So a lot of drama going on the track, on and off the track, and we'll, we'll see what happens as we as we roll into the uh, the postseason. But Noah Gregson is one I've got my eyes on. I've had my eyes on him all all season. Uh, he's certainly a been a breakout driver. This has been his year. This has been his year. And Ty Gibbs. Honestly, he might be moving up to the NASCAR um, Monster Energy Series. Uh, obviously, he's the grandson of Richard Childers. Uh, or Rich, yeah, I think it's Richard Childers. But anyway, he's a, he's a pedigree. But it, there's a talk that he's going to be moving up to the um, moving up to the Monster Energy Series. Noah Gregson, AJ Allmendinger. You know, again, we <laughs> we look at AJ Allmendinger. We call him the Dinger. Uh, so I guess there's more stories that we're going to get up on social media, but after a three-hour delay in Daytona Beach, um, NASCAR Xfinity Series, uh, the one one 250 saw a considerable amount of caution and crashes. Uh, so we got all that up on social media, and we'll see how that plays out. My name is Tom Mark Vassell Presidente. You know, it's always great to get together on uh, week zero of college football. And uh, so we'll, we're going to uh, – we've got some time to fill. 917-889-8516 is my digits. If you want to jump on, just uh, give us a call. We'll talk some, uh, we'll talk some uh, uh, NFL. We'll talk some uh, college football. NASCAR, IndyCar, water polo, lingerie uh, football. (laughs) 
Oh, but we are in the middle of the preseason. Week three scores. I, you know, I, I said I said that the, the Colts play tomorrow. They play tonight against Tampa Bay. So I am uh, corrected there. I am. I am. I have been. I correct myself. So let's talk a little bit. You know, typically we'd have Ed Kratz on, um, but uh, he he's got an event that he has to go to. So we got a lot of teams to go go through. Um, let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Tom Brady, will he play? Will he not play? I I don't know. Uh, certainly, I, we were going to go to the game. We had some things come up, uh, but we were going to go to the game and. Just maybe we'd see a glimpse of uh, uh, of Tom Brady. I, I, I assume he's going to be in town. I'm, per, I'm pretty sure he's going to be in town. But it'd be interesting to see how how that plays out. How how much how much does Matt Ryan, our new quarterback from Atlanta, uh, which ironically is from Philadelphia, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, so I'll be curious to see how how that that game play, plays out. Uh, NFL preseason underway. Hey, we're going to be getting our draft going, our fantasy football draft. Uh, if you want to play, we have room for just a couple more uh, slots, and we're going to get that draft going probably later this next week. Uh, we'll have it all set up. So we've got we'll get the information up on Twitter if you want to just uh, play our fantasy football. Um, certainly send us a direct message on Twitter and we'll get you set up. So, you know, going back to the NFL, the NFL preseason is almost done. We still have one more full weekend uh, and we've got four games on. We had some games last night and we got some games this week, but uh, you know, we we talked about the Kansas city chiefs. They played on Thursday. Um, So we'll, we'll see, we'll see how things go uh, tonight, today. If you will, we've got the Jags and the Falcons, three o'clock on the NFL Network. Rams and the Bengals, six o'clock on the NFL Network. Cardinals and the Titans, they play at seven. Bears and Browns play at seven. Eagles and Dolphins play at seven. Commanders at Ravens play at seven. Buccaneers at Colts play at 7.30. And the Vikings and the Broncos play at nine. Tomorrow, you've got the Giants. And the Jets and the Lions and the Steelers. We saw the Lions here in Indianapolis last week. Uh, the Lions did win that game, uh, but it was after a joint practice. And I've always said this has only been happening in the last few years that they have these joint practices during the preseason. I think this is a, a great opportunity for both teams to get a lot on tape. Um, so yeah, I guess Brady is expected to. I'm just getting things come across my desk. Uh, my Producer, social media director, Melissa, make sure I have everything. But it does look like Tom Brady uh, is going to play against the Colts, so I guess I'll miss that one. But, oh, the atrocity. Oh, the atrocity. <laughs> so, you know, it's week three of uh, and, and the final week for the, um, for the NFL preseason. If you want to jump on board with our fantasy football you are more than welcome. We've only got just a few spots left. Um, maybe we'll talk next week a little bit about doing a mock draft or something like that, see what we can get going on for the show for next week. 
917-889-8516 is our digits. Follow us on The Balance. I mean, on Twitter, on the Twitter world, on The Balance. And um, we're also on the Facebook. <laughs> Follow us on the Facebook. <laughs> I digress. Make sure that you, uh, when you follow us or you hit us, you, you're on listening to the podcast, just hit like, and we'll go, and we'll know how awesome you are. We already, we already know how awesome we are. So, and you know, going back to the Colts, just quickly looking at a, uh, a some storylines with the Colts and the, and the Buccaneers. And since that's our home team, we're located here in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, high atop uh, the Balance Studios in the west suburbs of Indianapolis. Uh, Colts are scheduled to play a big part of their starters, a big part of, of the game. So we'll see how Mount Ryan and, and uh, Tom Brady match up together on on uh, the Colts field, I should say. So, uh, <clears throat> But in the running back, Jonathan Taylor, which is super stud, you could probably bet he's going to be going in the first rounds of the uh, uh, fantasy football drafts. He's, he, and, and Naheem Hines isn't going to be, is not going to be playing. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how this plays out with the Colts. Uh, you know, I appreciate Adam Jividen, uh joining us and talking college football. Uh, you know, I, I, I just need to apologize to you that you had to endure 35, 40 minutes with yours truly on the ramble, on the ramble. You know, I'm, I should. I'm going to create a host segment called "On the Ramble," and that just means that all that's going to be is a is a is a thing for me to just sit here and just yiddy 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 yiddy. <laughs> My name's Tom Marquez, El Presidente. So glad that you guys could join us today. Uh, again, make sure you're following us on Twitter at T Balance. Uh, make sure you're uh, hitting like and sharing our podcast with all the cool people in your life. And we'll even take the non-cool people in your life because we're, ju- we're just that way. We like you if you're cool, if you're not cool. But the important thing is if you are listening to The Balance, you are one of the cool kids. So there you go. Uh, no, no, no more justification uh, needed there. Uh, 917-889-8516 is our digits every week. Uh, mark that down, hold it down, put it in your uh, memory, um, and then mark us down. Because And if you're listening to the podcast, just so you know, it's our live show. So anything that you are hearing now on the podcast was part of the live show. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. Don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. I'm out of here. Deuces. <laughs>